Hey there, enthusiasts. Welcome back to Hero Talk. Today, it's me, Judge Greg, and the Black Dragon, Vernon Tewitt, as we discuss 2011's Green Lantern. Let's go. Alright, so today we're here to talk about 2011's Green Lantern movie. Uh, this this movie I got so I saw this movie at a midnight release. Mm. Uh, it's the last time I've ever done that because I'm not a, a youngster anymore, and midnight releases <laughs> actually totally rock my world the next day when I try to play yeah. that game, and because this was my last midnight release that I saw. But I walked out of the theater after you know seeing it in the theater at midnight and getting out you know a little after two. Mm-hmm. Uh. I I actually walked out saying like you know what I liked it, and I thought to myself I did like that movie, and then I bought it on Blu-ray, and then I go to watch it again to refresh for this recording, and this movie is a mess. <laughs> it's a total mess. Uh-huh. I don't know if I was just tired or if these last three years uh, my taste has matured, but wow, it's not just me, right? Like this was a mess. It was a mess. Maybe for maybe you have different reasons than I do for why it was a mess. But uh, yeah, it was a mess. It felt this. It felt like this. This movie was written well. There's like seven credits for the screenplay. Wow. Which tells me that it just kept getting rewrite after rewrite after rewrite. And yeah, it definitely shows. Yeah, I doesn't think it feel that, that way? Like there are parts that seem like they were significantly cut, and parts that felt like they were just added in and. It, it kind of felt like, oh, well, let's add this and take this and cut this and move this. And we need a part where they talk about this. So when you, when you walk out of there going like there, there feels like there was just there was no voice in this movie. It felt like you had seven guys who had their part they wanted to be in the movie. And it gets so disjointed. Yeah, there there were a couple of parts where it was like that doesn't fit with what happened before. In terms of tone, you know... Oh, the tone is way off. Like, yeah. just throughout it. Like, dark, happy, jokey, you know? Yeah, and I think... I mean, the the cast, I guess they kind of did their best. Um, yeah, I but, can't yeah. I can't fault the cast for, for any, any of this, but it just... Well, I can, but I think that... <laughs> <laughs> I think that a good portion of the cast did their best with what they were given. I definitely think that the leading man had some issues. I Well, I agree. But let, let's get there. Let's talk about this director, Martin Campbell. Now, uh, the I best know this guy uh, for his round on Casino Royale. Yes, Casino Royale. And, Which uh, I loved. I. Like, I loved Casino Royale. I have a mm-hmm. Casino Royale movie poster hanging right here on my wall, and I'm looking at it right now. I love that movie so much. And not just Casino Royale, which I agree with you yeah. is a is a great is a great uh, return to Bond, but um, Goldeneye. Goldeneye, which a lot of people love. You know what? I still have never seen Goldeneye. What? It, I know, right? You hang up this call right now, and you go watch Goldeneye. Uh, we'll, it's we'll get probably to it. I really don't, cheesy now. Yeah, but. I don't like Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> I really don't. And I saw like one of his other Bond movies first, and I just didn't like it. And I couldn't help but sit there and think to myself, like, I'm probably not going to like GoldenEye. So I never saw it. Yeah, then, okay. Yeah, steer clear, I guess. Uh, now, Daniel Craig is Bond. I'm a fan, and I liked it. But I, I try not to hold it against Martin Campbell, because I've seen his stuff, so I know that when he's given good material, he can probably work with it. But it just yeah. seems like he, he did not 
get good material. And the casting seemed a little off, which brings us to our two leads, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. These two had about as much chemistry as a rock, and I don't know what could have the least amount of chemistry with a rock. I'm going to say this. They had about as much chemistry as George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell. Yes. Yes, they did. It's a callback to a previous episode. Yeah. I, no, I, was, did, I did a good one. Yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> but you're right, though. There was, they just, they didn't, whenever they're talking to each other, I didn't believe a, a thing about what was happening. Like, we have this past relationship. I'm, no, you don't. Yeah, no, I, I didn't believe it either. I think yeah. the, I think the problem is, number one, the writing, like we said before, and number two, it's Ryan Reynolds. Um, throughout this movie, I wasn't seeing Hal Jordan. I was seeing Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, he plays, it was a little Van Wilder. Yeah. You know, like, like, the, the ring but... chose Van. <laughs> and I don't like, want to see that movie. Well, it's, it's, there's some, like, there's some lines that he delivers that, you know, it's, it's classic Ryan Reynolds. Like, he's got that sarcastic, you know, he's he's a smart ass, you know, and I pledge allegiance like, to the lantern I got from a dying purple alien, and that's Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Like you could you totally see Ryan Reynolds in that, and it's like that's not what I came to see. Um, and the whole let's get these pants off and fly some planes. I'm like I laughed, but I'm like that's that's totally Ryan that's Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. That's not Hal <laughs> Jordan. No. There was a, a handful of names getting thrown around, and I don't know how many of these actors were seriously considered. There was a point in time where Bradley Cooper was a strong frontrunner for Hal Jordan. Ooh. Now, doesn't that sound infinitely better, just when I say that? How did Ryan Reynolds beat out Bradley Cooper? I don't know. I really don't. For anything. Not not just Greenland. Right. For anything. I, I agree. I mean, if we're being perfectly honest, like, there's a handful of parts that Ryan Reynolds is better suited for than Brad Cooper. Uh... I can't think of them. I'm sure they and, exist. And not to say that like Ryan Reynolds is a bad actor. It's but just that Brad Cooper he's is better. Freaking good. He's yes, he yeah. is. And and Ryan Reynolds has that atmosphere and that attitude to be the funny, the funny guy. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't feel like it was necessary here. Bradley Cooper can do both. He can do funny. He can do serious. He can do a good mix of both. Right. And I was, I was a little disappointed. And then Carol Ferris. Who now? Granted, I've I've read the comic books, not mm. not many. You know, I I only have so much time, but I've read, I've I've read a smattering of Green Lantern comic books, and Blake Lively did not strike me as a Carol Ferris type. And I'm I'm not even going to go comic book here. Let's just go with who the character is. I'm yeah. supposed to believe she's some Air Force brat who has been around planes her whole life and is a skilled pilot and is taking over this company. And I got none of this from her. Yeah, no. I mean, her her performance was wooden. When she says, like, I'm trying to learn how to run the company, I don't buy it. She looks like she's still in high school. It doesn't help that her two most famous roles that she's come off of before this movie, she plays a high school student. <laughs> what movies are those? Because this is the first I've seen her. Uh, she They're not movies. I guess one uh -oh. was. Yeah, she was in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Oh, okay. And I'm presuming the sequel or sequel equals to that i don't know and she's on uh some show gossip girl yeah which i i couldn't tell you a whole lot about it outside of what 25 seconds on their wikipedia page could tell you yeah and it was, i'm not really familiar with I, that show. I think i, I think it's it. on the wb or 
it's the CW. It is. It is, and I've stayed. Yeah. I've cl- I've stayed. I've steered clear from that show. Right. I steer clear from that channel. To be perfectly honest. <laughs> well, the Smallville was good. Uh, okay. Smallville no, started no, no, no. good. It was okay, and yeah. then it just went downhill. It's just very brief side note on Smallville. I'm getting superpowers, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. Works for like the first three or four years of that show, but that show went on for ten years. Yep. If after ten years you're still like I'm getting superpowers and I don't know what to do with my life, now you're just a whiner. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Now let's let's talk about the most wasted actor in this entire movie, and that is Mark Strong as Sinestro. Yes. He should have been in more scenes. He was phenomenal. He played he played Sinestro great, quite frankly, and it was like he was in about five minutes of the movie. And it didn't it didn't help the you know again with the with the writing that he was placed in such a smaller role compared to what what was the other guy's name the the other human bad guy he gets infected with the uh, Hector stuff. Hammond Hector Hammond yeah yeah why was uh, Hector Hammond in this movie let's talk about that I mean Peter Sarsgaard was good but he's he was under he was underrated he wasn't used yeah. as 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 yeah. well as he as his range is I guess yeah. if that makes any sense right no I understand it just it felt like too many characters were being crammed into this just yeah. for the sake of making them what they were like I'm okay with using Hector Hammond but why are you making him some kind of villain character that gets all deformed and mutated? Yeah, like, like that... there's, a, I think there's enough for Hal Jordan to fight without that. Well, yeah, yeah, it, it was a little too much to cram to cram in there because you've got a potential villain, um, a future villain, right. someone who will be a villain in the future, and then a villain controlling another villain. Because Hector Hammond in this movie is more of a sympathetic character than they give him credit for in the movie He's, because you he feel has bad no for control. Him. Yeah. He, he had nothing to do with anything that happened to him. Yeah. And it's not even like he was like an evil person before. It's just the, what you call it? The, the parallax. Yeah. The parallax infection, infection brought, brought out spoilers, you know, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> the parallax infection brought out some, some deep seated feelings against his father. He wasn't able to, he was never able to add up to, yeah what his father's expectations were and stuff like that. And yeah. so his, yeah. his father was kind of a dick kind of, but only because he, you knew what he was thinking. If that whole well, telepathic, you thing... could know what he was thinking, but at the same time, like he comes out and he'll say to his son, like, well, I need doers and I need thinkers and I'd rather have doers. Don't you agree? Hal? my boy here can't go out there and do anything. And he's like right in front of him at a party. Yeah. So, yeah, it was. Yeah. You know, the West. The way I I kind of see a Green Lantern movie working best, and there was an animated movie that sort of did this, is to make Green Lantern work, especially as like an origin story. You need mm-hmm. to think Training Day, and and Hal Jordan is you know the new recruit. Yeah. And you know his his senior partner, the guy showing him the ropes, but also turns out to be a bit of a bad guy himself, and is it like even worse than the guys they're going after? Yeah. Is Mark Strong as Sinestro? And that would have been perfect, and that's what I was kind of expecting out of this, out of a Green Lantern movie where they advertised the Green Lanterns as the as the central thing. Like, you know, this is uh, okay. I I haven't read the comic books for Green Lantern. I've actually, you know, what I haven't like gotten into too deep into the lore. 
Um, but I, from my understanding, the Green Lantern Corps is a military institution. Once the ring chooses you and you accept, you are an officer of the Corps. Right. Um, I, I look and, at it more as a police force, but yeah, it's the same thing. Like, you are conscripted, and then there you go. Like, it's not like, oh, well, now I'll just hang out on my world and just do whatever. Like, no, guess yeah. what? The ring needs you. You gotta exactly. go halfway like, across the galaxy. Go. The un- the universe needs the the core. If the ring chooses you, you know you have to go. There's no going back and forth between Earth. You know, oh, should I should I accept this responsibility? And oh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Yeah, yeah like yeah, I little, mean, you fast forward it. through you fast forward through what should have been a couple of weeks of training. Right. It it did feel like his ring training took like maybe the, the better part of an afternoon. Yeah. I, I don't. I didn't get that. I I felt like there were a bunch of Green Lanterns there, which is what you wanted to see. And then again, like I, I'm gonna bring up something that's kind of out of left field: the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the Transformers, either or. The most recent ones. I can think about comparing the Green Lanterns to those two movies. Why? Because. They are not the main characters right. in a movie about Green Lantern. It's not just Hal Jordan. It's all of the Green Lantern core. I, I agree. They, I think the core thing that you need to keep in mind for any Green Lantern movie is you need to get it off Earth as soon as possible and keep yep. it off Earth. And maybe end it on Earth, but you need to get it off Earth and keep it there. Yeah, because it's, it's not about Earth. It's about the entire galaxy. Or universe, excuse me, in terms of how they interact with the with the universe, the Green Lantern Corps. I, I agree. But um, let's just hit some last members of the cast real quick. This was a controversial pick. Angela Bassett as Dr. Amanda Waller. I say controversial because for the kind of people who care about this sort of thing, Angela Bassett is not heavy, and traditionally in the comic books, Dr. Waller is. And that upset people. I, I don't care that she's heavy but she didn't seem like the amanda waller that was portrayed in say the justice league cartoon right or she, she kind of seemed like she was there and kind of like hey here's what we do lottie but she didn't seem like she was this in control like amanda waller comes in and chews out batman yeah she's like hey batman you're not being batman enough right and she gets away with it and and they made that work in 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 the cartoon, and they make that work in the comic book. And here she was just some other doctor who was in the room and had no control over anything. Right, really. stuff just kind of happened around her. She had nothing to do with it. But <laughs> and well, I, and I'm sorry to the fans that didn't get their heavy set black woman. Um, but Jesus, come on, just watch Oprah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Oprah. I love you the way you are. <laughs> In her twenty-year run, yeah. But maybe she'll give us a car when she hears this. Maybe she will when she inevitably listens to the Hero Talk podcast. Well, you know she, she does because everyone does. Right, we are the most popular podcast named Hero Talk. Damn right. All right, one last cast member, the patron saint of great actor, terrible movie. We have Michael Clark Duncan <laughs> as Kilowog. <laughs> May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. You know, the sad thing is, is that he actually really wanted to play Kilowog. He's actually a fan of the character from the comic book. Oh, cool. So it's just sad that, you know, he gets to do it. Like, he's he's in the position where you're like, I'm going to be Kilowog. And they're like, oh, yeah, you are. And then he's in the movie for 35 seconds. 
Did you really count? No. I'd say I'd say it was less than five minutes, but over thirty five seconds. Yeah, it was it was less than five minutes of his time in the movie. It, I I honestly think he maybe came in for less than a day of recording. Oh, uh, that that sucks. Yeah, uh, I mean, it could have even been like, uh, you know, him training Hal Jordan for half the movie, and then he gets to partner up with Sinestro. Yeah. So just as a note here, there are uh, some other some other people who are up for the role of Hal Jordan that mm. would not have been as good, but it's still worth noting, would be Chris Pine, uh, uh. Sam Worthington, uh. Justin Timberlake, <laughs> and and Brian Austin Green. <laughs> now the one thing one, the one I'm thing I'll say for Brian Austin Green, he actually is a fan of the Green Lantern. Yeah. So while he wasn't really considered, he sort of like started a fan campaign like hey mm. get me for this part so remind me who that is again brian austin green he was from beverly hills 90210 the first one. Oh, okay well yeah. um eh, what are you gonna do yeah so other people who would have been infinitely better as carol ferris would be ava green mm-hmm. uh or carrie russell diane kruger mm-hmm. uh jennifer gardner was also considered but she would not have been better she would have probably been just as bad However, Eva Green and Brad Cooper, and now you got a movie that has me interested. Yeah, the chemistry would be a lot better, and the, the characterizations right. would be a lot Plus, better. Hal Jordan needs to be a little bit older, because I'm supposed to believe that this is a guy who joined the Air Force, became a pilot, served his time as a pilot, and is now out as a test pilot. Yet the guy looks like he's 25 years old. Like, that's yeah. not enough time to fulfill your military obligations. And this is, for folks, if you guys are curious, he does have military experience. I do have military experience. That's why I'm saying, like, I kind of know about how long you got to serve, and it just didn't didn't make sense. But, yeah, older, more more experienced, and a little bit wiser. Yeah. I mean, you don't... Basically Bradley to... Cooper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, who else would they pair with, like, Blake Lively? Oh, God. Anyway, let's, let's talk about the story. First act. Now, I believe we both saw the extended cut, right? Yes. So in the extended cut, we're treated to young Hal Jordan watching his dad die, and an introduction to a young Carol Ferris, and even a young Hector Hammond, mm-hmm. which does make more sense later on when it turns out they all knew each other somehow. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely missing from the right. theatrical release. Uh, what what really kind of bothered me about seeing this scene mm-hmm. is that it makes the flashback you see later completely redundant. Yeah, but it makes more sense. It does make more... You're drawing fewer... I'm familiar with the story, so maybe I sort of had more blanks filled in my head. Mm-hmm. But I could see how... I mean, it would... It definitely, like... Now you know what happened instead of trying to figure it out from a couple of real quick flashbacks. Uh, it also... It, it kind of sets a timeline for Parallax. Because what this does is it, it sets up for when Parallax gets released. In the original theatrical release, it looks like Parallax is on the rampage for about a week or two. But this kind of establishes, like, Parallax takes a slow and long, methodical time because now he doesn't escape until back in 1993. Yeah. Because he was imprisoned uh, where anybody could apparently just stumble across him and find him. Yeah, that wasn't hidden very well at all. Right. Like, they really should have put him, like, in the center of the planet, maybe behind a door with a or lock. Or if they really wanted to stop him... I mean, they no one thought about throwing him into the sun, like yeah. figure out later. <laughs> yeah, like that really kind of felt like 
<laughs> if he's on this big abandoned planet, can't you get all your rings together and just chuck it into the sun? Or maybe just take Which... him and throw him into the sun? Like, I, it, it really felt like they could have done more to secure him so that people didn't just wander across him. Yeah. And in fact, what I also felt was a little odd is that when you're in like the quote-unquote the lost sector mm-hmm. and the ship crash lands, they refer to it as the lost sector. Would they be referring to it as the lost sector? Um, maybe it's known galaxy-wide as the Lost Sector. Um, I don't know. I think the Green Lantern Corps would have named it something else a little bit more, yeah. I don't know, efficient. Because all of their sectors have numbers. <laughs> Except for the one that's lost. Why is this one lost? Especially if everyone knows where it is. Yeah. I guess maybe it's lost because they... I don't have a good reason. <laughs> but Parallax escapes from his... Very loose, insecure prison. Hal Jordan watches his dad die. Then he gets to grow up. We see that he's in this this test pilot thing, uh, a demonstration. I've heard a lot of people complain about the scene. Like, you would you would never actually allow your own pilots to go against your your drones in order to demonstrate it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I've been in the military. Yeah. You totally would do that. That's actually pretty feasible that they would just have their own pilots fly against it. Yeah, and try to and try to outmaneuver it and see what its limits are. Right. Ideally, the reason why most defense contractors would do this is so their own pilots don't show up their drone in front of the customer. Yeah. So the idea that Hal Jordan goes out there and to win, and we're supposed to get behind him, but I'm in my head having some sense of how this stuff actually works in the real world, going like, wow, that was a dick move. People are going to lose their jobs because of you. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's they 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 were kind of. I understand that 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 was kind of the wrong thing to do, but that that is kind of what you're supposed to do. Um, you know, I know that it's it's a it's a test performance and everything like that, and the pilots are supposed to play along, I guess. But yeah, yeah you're supposed to test its limits and everything like that, and it ended up helping them in the end. It did help them in the end. However, like that's something that you should have found before you displayed it for the end customer. Like, this was, like, your final acceptance test, and now yeah. he's, like, trying to test their ceiling limits. Like, who's who's been flying against them up until then? Are you telling me right. Hal has never flown against these drones before in any of the test runs? Yeah. So, yeah. So Maybe when, they when wanted got, to save him for last. Yeah, when everyone got mad at him, I was like, y- you, you have a right to be. He was a jerk. Because that's exactly how they actually do things, and so it would be a real punk move. Yeah. So, we have Hal, and he's being a jerk. And almost crashes his plane because he has a flashback for no real good reason of his dad dying. I don't know. Did, did, didn't that seem a little out of place? Like oh, It seemed a little weird because what does pulling up have to do with his dad's plane malfunctioning? Watching his plane, yeah. ha- watching his plane malfunction and watching him die. Yeah. It, it felt like if you're trying to establish that here's this hotshot pilot who mm. you know is willing to do all this crazy stuff... In order to, you know, fly his plane and he's willing to, you know, do crazy things like stall himself out and then shoot these other guys down in midair and use his wingman as bait. And then he has, like, yeah. this flashback. Like, you can't have it both ways. If, if he does this stuff, then he shouldn't be having flashbacks. Or else I have to believe he has flashbacks all the time at his job. And they're losing which, all kinds of planes. like Which would hinder him from being the best, as they say right. he is. So they probably wouldn't have him do stuff like this. Yeah. So, yeah, it is kind of shoved in there to, right. I guess, 
show that he's afraid? I suppose it it felt a little a little forced. Yeah. Um but you know, why not? I don't think you needed that. Like I think it's okay for him to be afraid later on when he realizes holy crap, but but l- l- let's get there. Meanwhile, Aben Sur gets confronted by Parallax, who totally totally sucker punches him. Um fortunately, he gets sucker punched right onto the hatch for the escape pod. <laughs> really convenient. It was super con- didn't I mean did you catch that? Did that seem weird to you? They're like, wow, it's a good thing he landed right in that spot. Right on that spot to to get to the escape pod. It's like, wow, that that's wow. That I want to see what how this uh, how this ship was designed and, and and everything like that because that was super super convenient. Yeah, I mean, we're talking. He did not have an inch to spare on any side, and he was boom down the chute. And I just, I mean, would it have been that much harder just to show he landed somewhere and he flew himself to the escape pod or like rolled or something rolled or did something other than well it's a good thing i landed here <laughs> <laughs> and abin sir is uh a green lantern before right he's, he's the green lantern of the sector where earth is which is 2814 mm-hmm. uh so he's he's super injured and he's in his his little escape pod he was on some giant ship because i guess he was on his way to evacuate another planet yeah, but on his way there, it turns out the planet all got killed by parallax. Oh, poor, poor planet. Poor planet. They got their souls sucked out. Yep, which is a little creepy. I actually kind of like that effect. Having the the soul sucking. Yeah, the soul sucking. It uh, I mean, it has no place in a Green Lantern movie. It's what Shang Tsung should be doing. But I thought it was a cool looking <laughs> effect. Your soul is mine. Uh, so Abin Sor goes to Earth, and he needs to find a new person for the ring, and, it, like, he crash lands in the middle of the day. How Jordan doesn't get there till nightfall. Mm. The ring took its sweet time. Maybe it scoured the whole planet? I don't... I mean, it couldn't have gone that far. Like, they were within driving distance. Are, are we questioning logic here? Are we questioning the, log- the logic of the all-knowing ring? I am. At one point, <laughs> at one point, little trivia. I heard that they were uh, they were very heavily in talks with Brandon Routh to do a a small cameo in the scene where the ring's looking for a suitor, just yeah. to have the ring like fly by him in Metropolis. Oh, just kind of show why? like, oh nope, not you. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah, I think why bring Brandon Routh into this? He's, he's why connect he's this enough. movie to the Superman Returns movie? Yeah. Ugh, but it, ugh, anyway, um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe it went through a bunch of people before it found Hal and, um, and brought him to Avansur. Yeah, brought him to Avansur, Avansur gives him the ring and the lantern, and so Hal Jordan calls his buddy Tom, Tom comes and picks him up, now, doesn't this seem a little odd, you know, Tom comes and picks picks him up, responds, yeah, this entire time, this thing has been crash-landed here, and it's not until Tom shows up that, that the government finally shows up with a couple of helicopters, and they're and it's in the middle of the night, the lights are on in Tom's Jeep. They're like, oh, we gotta go, and they gun it. Like, Am I supposed to believe the helicopters did not see the headlights of the car that was literally right next to where they were flying to? Yes, they would have responded sooner. Um, there would be someone there to see 
the lights. And there wouldn't just be helicopters. I mean, there are folks who watch the skies for a living that would see this thing crashing down and would immediately send ground and air units to respond right. to whatever this is. Yeah, this this whole situation only really works if hell gets picked up, like, right away. Yeah. Because then I could buy that the ring could fly him there faster. But I guess we needed more scenes with Tom in it to try to establish that they were they were best friends as evidenced by Tom uh, Kamuku. I've I've only ever seen it in print, so I apologize if I can't say the Inuit name correctly. He uh, he says multiple times, "As your best friend, I'm your best friend." I can't but think. Yeah, like, they really they really <laughs> beat that beat that into you. Huh? Like, uh, maybe you should show me instead of tell me. <laughs> it was it was very uh, it was very what's the word I'm looking for? Awkward. It was very awkward. Hammy? Yeah, and Hammy. Like, why would you? Why do you need to play that? If you, he knows you're his best friend, why would you have to tell him that all the time? Just telling us, the audience. Do you see, audience? Yeah. They're best friends. Do you see? Yeah, exposition for its own sake, I don't like. <laughs> but let, let's continue. We're, we are going way slow through the story. There's more to do. So Hal, he, he gets home, he gets the lantern, he doesn't know what to do with it. I guess he inadvertently charges it, but before he can get called back to Oa, he gets interrupted by Carol Ferris, and I, I guess the ring's deal is it doesn't want to take him to Oa in front of people, because it doesn't do it until he's alone. Yeah. Which is enough time for him to have a couple drinks, uh, dance with Carol, get upset, go outside, get beat up by a couple of guys. Um, I could see getting beat up by the blue-collar guys, but like the, the head guy beating him up, he was a supervisor. Yeah, like, that didn't make much sense. You're still going to get another job somewhere. You know, it's not like, you know... The, you're you're gonna have to hit the unemployment line. Like you're just gonna call Lockheed Martin or something. <laughs> you still well, you need know, to get your resume up. You can't have assault. The the heat of the moment. You sucks that you lost your job. Maybe you put some drinks in you and yeah, just decided to follow Hal. So I I suppose they just decided maybe they always go there. And that's that's their after work drink place. In which case Hal's kind of a jerk for going there in the first place. Maybe, but but through there he winds up he winds up killing them. Yeah, I mean, he winds up just about killing. Like they go through brick walls. Like that's dead. Yeah, or severely, like right. barely hanging on to life with at least severe internal bleeding. Yep. And then now he's called back to Oa, and now this this scene bothers me. He's on Oa, and he gets like the process, and they inject all this information into his head, right? So Tomar Ray comes to talk to him, and he knows where Tomar Ray's from, and he knows, like, the population and how many inhabitants are in his, his quadrant of the galaxy. And he's like, so how do I know all this? Like, oh, you've been given all the information you need to know when your higher functions were unlocked. And then he looks around and goes like, so where am I right now? <laughs> what? He are, and plus, the guy already said it. Yeah. It's like, welcome to Oa. Right. So he, but he should he should have that information. Like that, that information totally should be in his head. And then he asks, "Why is everything green?" I'm like, "Are you telling me that he knows all the different species and the different quadrants of the galaxy, but he hasn't figured out why everything's green? That's not in the ring." <laughs> no, you need a tour guide. Yeah, once you establish that you don't need exposition and your character knows everything, you have to stop giving exposition to him, or have him like think it out or or something. Right. Uh, this, I mean, this is where it would be nice if to have instead of Tomar Ray to have Sinestro and have your your training day, and maybe have that first act take half the time. Yeah. But he apparently shows up just in time for a uh, a Green Lantern 
community meeting. Because <laughs> he gets there just about in time to fly in and listen to Sinestro say some random gobbledygook that didn't really mean much of anything, to be perfectly honest. I mean, Did you pay you know, attention to, a... to his speech? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it came down to, like, we are facing an enemy that we've never faced before, and it's the hardest enemy ever, but we'll win because we're the Green Lantern Corps. And while insulting the new guy at the same time, like, oh, yeah. not, for well, no reason. Like, and this new guy showed up. And, yeah, and he's he's no, he's nothing like Avensur. He's not as good as Avensur. I haven't met him yet. <laughs> so then Hal so. Jordan needs to learn how to work his ring. And he spends what looks to be about one to two hours learning how to use his ring. And that is it. Pretty much. You know, Kilowog teaches him a couple things. And then Sinestro comes in and is kind of a dick to him. And then really? he quits very abruptly. <laughs> he's he, seriously, he spent a couple hours with the rig and he's just like, I can't do this. Yeah. It's are you kidding me? All these aliens and you get to fly and you're just like, uh, oh, it's so much. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it. And so everyone's like, Well, that's okay. You just fly away. You take the ring with you. Take your time. We'll we'll wait on you. <laughs> we in no way want to try to get you to stay on board or get the ring back from you since you've quit. Yeah, no. Right. So, th- I mean, at this point, my brain is exploding. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Hector Hammond is now dissecting the body of Abensur because his dad, who's a senator, set it up for him. Yeah. And he gets so upset about it. Like, oh, I can't believe it got like that find kind of felt a little off. Like, listen, you just got to dissect an alien. Just be happy about it. Don't get mad that your dad pulled strings for you. That's that's why you have a senator dad. Well, I mean, the fact that he couldn't like like he couldn't just live his own life without his dad trying to make him more or like to without his dad trying to make him what his dad wants. I gotcha, but you just got to dissect an alien. Yeah. It's true, the, you got infected with the yellow fear element parallax. Or I guess he wasn't a fear element, he was a former guardian in this movie. Yeah. But and is it is it uh is it just me or is there a parallel between Hammond and Hal? A little that, a little bit, yeah. Um like, oh I've just I'm an earth person and I've been conscripted for green and oh I'm an earth person and I've been conscripted for yellow. Yeah, like they're not just like happy enough with the fact that, oh, I'm on another planet and i've been selected to be this space cop with all these other cool ass looking aliens and oh i've been you know hired to dissect an alien and this is a once in a lifetime opportunity forget whoever else is more much more qualified for this i I got to do it yeah they can't be had hal jordan let me just point out something hal quit because sinestro was mean to him (laughs) this is a man who went through military training (laughs) <laughs> months-long military training, and Sinestro was mean to him once on one afternoon, and he quit. <laughs> so, are, is the official estimate one to two hours? Yeah, I it, I think one to two hours. Like, I don't I don't know how you could possibly assume there was more to it than that. Yeah, because he because he came back like the next morning. Right. So it's not like it's not like he even spent a full day there. Yeah, he was he was gone for just overnight. Most of that was travel time. Yeah. Uh, it, it just uh, it, it didn't make any sense. It doesn't <laughs> feel right. But at least we um we get treated to a couple of scenes of Hector Hammond learning how to use his powers, and 
Hal Jordan gets to go to a party because I guess they figured out that contract anyway. Yeah, so that renders the first scene kind of pointless. Right, completely pointless. But we do finally get a chance to see Hal Jordan use his powers on Earth. Hector takes out his dad's helicopter because Hector's apparently just willing to do patricide just on a whim now that he's been infected. Yep. And the helicopter, like, it crashes down. It flies through a crowded gala of people. (laughs) Doesn't hit a single person on the way through. And is flying directly at Carol Ferris, who can't seem to get out of the way like literally every other person at this party has done. Literally. Everyone else has gotten out of the way. Yep, yep. Their their helicopter dodging skills were at max. Yeah. They used all their experience points. And so he creates this, you know, because you know he's going to do a construct. You know, oh, I'm going to I'm going to be Green Lantern now. And instead of like doing something like creating a boxing glove to catch the helicopter, he puts it on a car and he sends it on this giant funky track still flying around. Like, why don't you stop the helicopter instead (laughs) of sending it on the go kart track? Like it just it felt like product placement. It felt like there was some Hot Wheels tie in. We need we need to uh, keep the kids awake. Right. I mean, doesn't that feel like, like oh, we have this Hot Wheels Green Lantern car set, so you need to somehow put a car track in this movie. <laughs> That's perfect. I, had, I hadn't thought of that. And you know what? I actually like the, the car and the track and everything like that. Kind of, kind of you know, Hal style in terms of showboating and stuff like that in this movie. I, I kind of wanted to throw back to the comic book and just a giant catcher's mitt. Yeah. Because that's that's something they did in, in all the time, but it was it was a little awkward scene. It does lead to to one of my favorite scenes in the movie, which is where Hal suits up in front of his buddy Tom for the mm. first time, and Tom's reaction just "Whoa, Green!" <laughs> Legitimately funny scene. One of a few. One of the the very few. But then it also leads to this very awkward part, like Hal and Carol are like they're talking about you know his new powers. Yeah, and he's he just kind of says, "Oh well, I quit," and it feels like she just went like, "Oh, then take me home, and now I'm gonna go cry <laughs> that you quit the Green Lantern Corps." Like, why does she care it, so much? Because it, it's symbolism. Because he, you know, he quits everything. He quit their relationship. He he quits at life and stuff like that. And she just wants him to care about something. Stretch. <laughs> Anything to try to make this make sense, but I yeah. will point out something that I I think it's my my I think I'm gonna answer this question a little bit early, but my favorite favorite part of this movie is her recognizing him through the mask. That's true. That's at least one part that made sense given the the whole lore of the Green Lantern. Like you're wearing a domino mask. I know who you are. Well, not just that, but like you. We're in a, a day and age where, unless you're wearing like a full-on mask, those little strips don't do a damn thing. You know, a pair of glasses doesn't, you know, hide your your true identity. Just like a little sleeping mask with eye holes cut into it for Green Lantern yeah. is not gonna is not gonna fool someone who's like she says like we grew up together i've seen you naked there's no way that i (laughs) wouldn't recognize recognize you up close yeah that was it's a it's a good point uh speaking of the mask lungs were on it what did you what did you think of it um i the whole mask and suit thing the suit was fine um i heard that it it had to be edited 
um, they like they had to redo it um, because the fan reaction was overwhelmingly negative. Um, I like what they what they what they came out with. I like the final product. The mask I could do without. Yeah, the, I, I it kind of felt like the mask. Maybe that should have been actually a physical thing. Yeah, because when he, when the mask is on and he's looking around, it feels like CG. Yeah. And, I mean, the suit looks good. I mean, the, the thing about the, the CG for the suit is it works because the CG doesn't quite feel like it's really there. Yeah. But given that it's it's really just his ring, the suit should feel like it's really there. So it's a good effect. But it didn't work great on the face because I, I don't know what they did differently for the face, but it just didn't work great. Yeah, maybe more of a, a practical touch might have worked. Um, maybe, maybe like an, like you said, an actual mask with a few digital effects. Yeah, maybe that would have probably worked a little bit better. Yeah. But we are... I don't remember which of these two scenes comes next, but these are two key scenes we need to discuss. Okay. There is a Green Lantern battle with Hector Hammond in the dissection lab, mm-hmm. where Hector finally does manage to kill his father, um, almost Amanda Waller. The yep. Green Lantern saves her. And then Hector rocks Green Lantern's world. Here he is wearing the power ring, most powerful weapon in the universe. And he gets hit in the back with an oxygen tank. And that took him out. I gotta defend him here. He's still a rookie. But, come on. He's still a rookie, okay? He's still learning to use his powers and getting used to it and everything like that. And you'd go down with an oxygen tank hit in the back. Well, I'm not a Green Lantern. (laughs) It's not... I'm not saying that, you know, he's supposed to just like shrug it off but yeah you know you he, he can take a couple of hits and and be knocked down that's fine i, I just want him to get back up eventually but it seemed like it took him an awful long time to get back up he was being held down maybe yeah i guess I'll give that. Yeah, there's a scene where so hector's like touching him to read his mind but then how like works so hard to bring the ring to his head don't know why he was specifically trying to touch the ring to his head. Yeah. Um, instead of just being close, he definitely wanted to touch it. Um, and all that really did to serve is to provoke Parallax, who decided... Uh, yeah, 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 to create a link between them. Yeah. Because Parallax, he seemed like he was aware of him the first time he got infected, but this is when he really stopped like, huh, you're wearing Abin Sur's ring. I'm going to stop what I'm doing and go find you. I could have yeah. just trailed Abin Sur the first time, but I'm easily distracted. <laughs> As evidenced by, I'm on my way to Oa to kill the, all the Green Lanterns. Well, wait, there's one Green Lantern here? I'm going to stop. <laughs> I'm going to go get this one Green Lantern. Then I'm going to go to Oa and kill all the Green Lanterns. Yeah, because then I'll be powerful enough once I've devoured this whole planet to go and take care of Oa. So, meanwhile, on Oa, they're all like, oh, cool, he's heading towards Earth. We got some time. Right? <laughs> and Sinestro comes up with, I, I would like to meet the person who wrote this scene and thought it worked. Hey, we sent our best, we sent our best lanterns to stop the, the guy who's fear. Um, did they really? Did they really, though? I, I don't think really they really did. Like, best I don't think they sent their best lanterns. They sent their most expendable lanterns. They, they, they sent a, a squadron yeah. of 12 to 15 yeah. They know that this enemy is something that they haven't personally faced before. Why wouldn't they send more? Yeah, like, or if we're sending our best warriors, why wasn't Sinestro leading them? He was. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, he took off. Yeah, he was he was there, but like he he and a few others survived. Yeah, he went like Kilowog was there too. Oh, was he? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see Kilowog. Yeah, Kilowog and Sinestro were both there. Um, but yeah, like this this is Unicron we're talking about. This is a thing that eats planets. Yeah, (laughs) we'll send a couple dozen guys. Just to send a a dozen. That's that's fine. Send my strongest lanterns, my ass. Yeah, how about you send all of them? Seriously. So, so here's here's his plan that you know he finally learns. Hey, Parallax was one of the guardians. Uh, uh-huh. We tried to harness the power of of yellow fear. It didn't work out. When he tried to harness it, it took him over. So now he's fear. And Sinestro's plan is well. It's obvious what we need to do. We'll harness the power of yellow fear. <laughs> well, well, like wasn't, in a wasn't that exactly way. what the last guy did? Like in a different way. Like we'll we'll we won't step right into it. Yeah. We'll we'll make a ring out of it. We'll just make a ring out of it. And he's like, yeah. So I'll learn how to use this ring, and then I'll teach everyone else. And then we'll have yellow, and we'll fight yellow with yellow. And all the guardians seem to think, huh, that's a good idea. That's a great idea. <laughs> that's a phenomenally good idea. It's not till Hal Jordan stops and says, as he rightfully should have been thinking, like, how could you have possibly thought that was a good idea? It's the same thing Parallax did, and it took him over. And now you want to do it again, because you think (laughs) if you just try it again, you won't just create another evil person who's consumed with fear. Yeah, hey. I, maybe, the, maybe the second time's the charm. There really needed to be more thought as to why they would make a yellow ring. It seems like the yellow ring should have already been made, perhaps. And then maybe they could say, we made the ring, but Parallax lacked the will. And that way Sinestro can be like, well, hey, I got plenty of will. Right. That would that would actually make yeah. a lot more sense. Like, you know, when the Guardians tried to harness the fear, they also created a ring to infuse to the Guardian that wanted to step into the yeah into the fear. Yeah, that, that actually makes a lot more sense. He couldn't handle it, and then Sinestro would be like, well, I'm top dog around here. I can and we lock the ring away, yeah. Yeah, so you give me the ring, I can go take this guy with his own stuff and will work on me, but whatever. So Hal Jordan then, at this point, says, in that case, let me go back and defend Earth. And I sit there and think to myself, you were just on Earth. Like, And why is he asking permission? Yeah, why are you even asking permission? You quit. <laughs> You were already on Earth, and you quit. They weren't expecting you back. You could have uh, just like... stayed on Earth and defended Earth. <laughs> you didn't need to make this unnecessary trip. <laughs> well, he, he initially he was asking for help, which I, I understand. You know, please help me save my world. Send an army to, to save my world. We're worth it. But then he goes, he's like, well, then let me save my world. And I'm like... Okay. They've well, clearly demonstrated they don't care if you just go they off don't willy nilly with your ring, and they they don't care about your world. Um, they're they, they made it clear that you know while Earth is destroyed, we have time to regroup. So, uh, time to go. Yeah, why not? They were <laughs> they were perfectly content with you going back to your world alone and dying there anyway. That's yeah. that's how this whole conversation began. It it all started with sucks to be Earth. yeah Uh, so but hal does decide to go back however he gets interrupted because hector hammond on request from parallax because apparently parallax needs help with the one junior green lantern even though he's killed a bunch already (laughs) and it's 
another very weird scene that felt like it was added in just to give Hector Hammond more stuff to do. He's got Carol Ferris, and he's going to inject her with the same stuff that's in him, so they would both be weirdo people together. So Halgo's like, well, what about you just have the ring? So he gives the ring to Hector. Hector takes it, shoots a couple of things, then tries to shoot Hal, and Hal's like, no, I control the ring. Which then led me to believe, so you shot all that stuff, Hal? You know what you made? Like, you know what you could have done, Hal? Is when he put left his guard down and put on the ring, just had the ring create something and punch him in the face. <laughs> like, that you, actually, yeah. I thought that Hector Hammond was just shooting beams and stuff like that, and how like reflected the energy because he was the chosen one to use the ring. I didn't realize that you could control the ring's power even when you didn't have it on. I don't think you're supposed to be able to. But it chose him, and he was in close proximity. I guess he was in close enough proximity, but then... No, now, here's something that didn't make sense, and doesn't doesn't hold up to how the ring tends to work in, in the comic book, mm-hmm. is Parallax interrupts this whole ordeal yeah. and you know decides, I don't like Hector Hammond. I'm going to take your soul. Even though I was really all about taking that Green Lantern soul, I'm going to let him off for a second. Just take your soul. <laughs> Again, I am Parallax... I am the entity of fear, and I'm easily distracted. <laughs> Oa, Earth. Earth, Oa. Yeah. Oa, go Earth, to Earth. Earth, Green Lantern, Green Lantern, Hector, Hector! <laughs> that's that's his train of thought. That's what it's like to be Parallax. So he takes out Hector Hammond. He takes out Hector, and he goes for Hal. Hal's trying to get his ring off Hector. Now, in the comic books, whenever like a Green Lantern's in close proximity to his ring, he can kind of call it over to him. Yeah, he can summon it. Uh, apparently that is not the case here. He can have the ring in close proximity to him, shoot stuff, but not come to him. Even though we've seen the ring is able to fly around on its own. It's how it found him. Yeah, but it's how it found him, it's how it got him to Oa. Yeah, however, in this case, it didn't. So we have this scene, which I guess to make Carol Ferris seem like she was more than just the girl. So, Yay, so she, she did something. Yeah, like, oh, she did something. Like, if you guys wanted her to do something, you really should have figured something out before now. You should have written that into the script long before we get to this (laughs) scene where she's doing something that technically she shouldn't need to do. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? We're really we're really pressed for time and just something will do. Just have her shoot a missile thing at the at the guy. (laughs) So shoots a missile at Parallax, which took him back. I'm surprised the thing about all the stuff they do to Parallax is they lost like some regular missiles, an exploding tanker, and all that stuff seemed to hurt him. Yeah. So on all these planets he's been taking over and swallowing all their souls, did they not have missiles <laughs> or some kind of defense or any defense mechanisms? Was he just going to like all these like how was he expecting to take out the green lanterns? I don't I don't know. Maybe he was right to be distracted towards Earth <laughs> yeah. and then Hal Jordan and then Hector Hammond. Yeah. Maybe he was right to be distracted, because I don't think there's any way he'd be able to, to take out the Green Lantern Corps, unless they try to employ a series of nets to trap him next time again. Yeah, like, yeah, the nets were obviously a bad call, but clearly just yeah. general explosions, the likes of which any standard Earth ordinance can produce, bothers him. Yeah, so she she fires rockets, it hurts him, and I guess that delays him long enough for her to get the ring for him yeah it delays her long enough to get the ring for hal hal puts on the ring they take the fight outside we see a couple of constructs because i guess hal hasn't made enough for the movie yet so they had to write mm-hmm. some in 
He saves a couple of people, even though what it looks like, like, thousands of people are getting their souls sucked right now. Yeah. But he saves, like, some children and an older lady, so we feel good about that. Well, yeah, the children are our future. Yeah, sure they are. So, (laughs) he saves the children. His children. And and then he creates this one shield to stop Parallax from coming at him, and Parallax just starts taunting him like a punk. (laughs) <laughs> and Hal kind of says, and I get, they want to have a nice scene where he can say the oath in a dramatic way. Mm. This did not feel like that scene. What? Like, uh, Hal the, says the, the oath to himself while, while Parallax is, like, taunting him and pushing him and, like, oh, I will destroy your family and eat your children. And it just it just felt like I was I was distracted by what Parallax is saying. That, like, I'm wondering, like, why, why Hal is just sitting there saying the oath. Like, at this point, like, just fly, Hal. The oath isn't doing well, you any good right now. I mean, he was pretty much surrounded, and you know he was getting crushed. So he had to believe in himself in order to make the ring work to its full potential. Whatever. <laughs> Am I stretching more? You're stretching a little bit more. You are giving <laughs> too much credit to the movie. Ah, okay. But he does finally fly off Earth, and we have a space battle, like a real space battle. Which was awesome. Really? I I liked it. I think I liked they were finally off Earth. I kind of like what was going on. I'm going to take him through this asteroid field to slow him down. We're going to get close to the sun. I thought it was a little weird that he had to say the line, the bigger you are, the faster you burn, or something like that. Like, Yeah, let the audience remember. Yeah, let me remember. Don't have him say it like I'm some kind of idiot. The rest of the movie was treating you like an idiot. Why stop now? Yeah, I guess why stop now. But, I mean, it's it's a neat idea when he thinks, like, huh, if I can get this guy mad enough, he'll chase me next to a sun, which I'm sure nobody's tried yet. Because, right? I mean, isn't the whole point of being Hal Jordan is you do stupid stuff that people haven't thought of? Exactly. So and, I, think, I think it worked for, hey, I bet nobody's been dumb enough to try to fly next to a sun when they've been dealing with this guy. <laughs> why would you do that? You'd get sucked into the sun, too. So he does it and he creates like he even creates a construct to keep him from flying into the sun just long enough to punch Parallax into the sun. (laughs) And I was actually a fan of that. I thought like I thought that was a fun scene that that was uh, it was fun. We finally get some flying through space and some space shooting and like space lanterning. And that's what I wanted to see this whole movie. And I didn't get to see it until the final sequence. And that was that was why it was so disappointing to me. It's like this should be like a bunch of Green Lanterns coming together. Yeah, there should have been much more of this type of thing. Yeah. But it was it was a neat scene. It at least was a callback to this is why Hal Jordan is the guy who gets to beat Parallax because he's the kind of guy who's like I'm just gonna fly close to the sun. Why wouldn't I? I'll probably die. Whatever. And then. What really kind of, you know, I saw this mm-hmm. three years ago. It, yeah. was on, it was in 3D, which the 3D sucked. No, I did not see it. Um, I can't see things in 3D. I get headaches. Yeah, when I got older, I started getting sick, too. Mm-hmm. So The Hobbit really got me. Um, but at any rate, yeah, so I saw this in 3D in the theaters um, when it came out. And then I saw it again. Actually, I, uh, I watched it right before I got on this call. And what really pissed me off now as opposed to when i saw it in the theaters was that okay they sent a little over a dozen people uh green lanterns to fight parallax on this unknown planet you know they cast a big net over it thinking that'll work (laughs) of course and 
Hal Jordan, keep in mind, humans are the center of the universe in every story, form of lore. Earth is just the center of everything. Humans can do anything, beat anything. Everyone looks to us for solutions, pretty much. So Hal Jordan beats Parallax, and then three Green Lanterns show up. Do you know how much of a slap in the face that is? See, I kind of had the impression that these were three guys who were, like, kind of got together and they're like, you know what? I like that Hal Jordan. He's got moxie. Three. So for an entire planet. Right. Well, they were the guys who were previously established. Oh, they. uh I know. (laughs) This is this is an enemy that has proven to be. Uh, a match for more than a dozen Green Lanterns. You don't think the entire core, even if Hal Jordan failed and he was killed, he had his soul sucked. You would think that they would bring more Green Lanterns if if they were going to check up on Hal and say, "Hey, Hal, how you doing? Oh, shit, he's dead. Um, <laughs> let's 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 get him, guys. You know that way you have the army behind you. You know when you're going to Earth and realize that Hal is no more." Um, so they just sent three guys to, what, spectate? I, I don't think they were sent. I think these three guys did it, pulled a Hal Jordan, and they're like, well, nobody seems to be really paying attention to where we go or what we do, so let's go to Earth and see if Hal needs help. Ugh. It's just, they show up at the end. Yeah, they just show up at the end to save him from getting burned up in the sun. So, duh. Yeah. So now, now he's accepted, and... Then all the reindeer loved him as they shouted out in glee. <laughs> uh, so they they recycled footage from you know the first yeah, speech. The first speech gets recycled, and it now he's like, "Oh, now we like you, Hell Jordan, and everyone's happy, and we are the core." And there you go. There's your movie. Except you get a stinger, because it turns out Sinestro thought to himself, "You know what I learned from this whole ordeal? I Absolutely think you should nothing. screw with the yellow power of fear." I didn't learn anything. I think that's still a good idea. <laughs> he learned absolutely nothing. Yeah, and he pops in, and he puts on the ring, and he's bada-bing. Then he turns into his comic-accurate, actually, uh, Sinestro Corps costume. Yeah. And now he's like, ha now I'm a bad guy for the sequel. Sequel, maybe? <laughs> and we're all in the audience going like, I ain't gonna be no sequel. No, no thank you. Um... But yeah, this like like we said at the beginning, this movie is a mess. There's there's no sequel coming out of this. Yeah, it's it was disjointed. In fact, I think this movie was so bad that if they ever try to do a Green Lantern property again, they they can't even use Hal Jordan. You just got to go to one of the other Green Lanterns. I vote John Stewart. I also vote John Stewart. So in terms of ratings for this. And what would you give? I it? I would give this movie um two dying purple aliens out of five. <laughs> Fantastic! I am <laughs> going to also go out of five, but I am going to do two lanterns out of five. Wow, he really broke some new ground there, didn't you? Didn't I? Yeah. No, you know what we you know what we skipped? What was your favorite part? Oh, um, the uh. I think I mentioned it before, and I think I skipped ahead. Um, oh, yeah, you did. It earlier. was uh, Carol Ferris recognized him with his mask on. Recognized him with his yeah. mask on. My favorite part was uh, Final Space Flight Battle. Okay. Absolutely nothing on Earth was good. That was all crap. The second they left Earth and they were like out just in the solar system flying around, loved yeah. that. 
Love that whole sequence right up until the end. <laughs> Very good sequence. Yeah. Excuse me. So the not even the entire final battle, but the second half of the final battle, because the first Where half of it was space. awful. Yeah. Machine guns and catapults. Yeah. No, oh, so dumb. And that was Green Lantern. Thanks for joining us, Enthusiacs, and we hope to see you next time on the next Hero Talk. Thank you.